Hello, friends. I'm Pastor Pitts Evans. Welcome to the Whole Word Podcast. Let's get right to the Word of God. 1 Chronicles chapter 10. Now the Philistines fought against Israel. The Israelites fled before them, and many fell dead on Mount Gilboa. The Philistines were in hot pursuit of Saul and his sons, and they killed his sons, Jonathan, Abinadab, and Malkishua. The fighting grew fierce around Saul, and when the archers overtook him, they wounded him. Saul said to his armor-bearer, Draw your sword and run me through, or these uncircumcised fellows will come and abuse me. But his armor-bearer was terrified, and he would not do it. So Saul took his own sword, and he fell on it. When the armor-bearer saw that Saul was dead, he too fell on his sword and died. So Saul and his three sons died, and all of his house died together. When all of the Israelites in the valley saw that the army had fled and that Saul and his sons had died, they abandoned their towns and fled, and the Philistines came and occupied them. The next day, when the Philistines came to strip the dead, they found Saul and his sons fallen on Mount Gilboa. They stripped him and took his head and his armor and sent messengers throughout the land of the Philistines to proclaim the news among their idols and their people. They put his armor in the temple of their gods and hung up his head in the temple of Dagon. When all of the inhabitants of Jabesh-Gilead heard what the Philistines had done to Saul, all of their valiant men went and took the bodies of Saul and his sons, and they brought them to Jabesh. Then they buried their bones under the great tree in Jabesh, and they fasted for seven days. Saul died because he was unfaithful to the Lord. He did not keep the word of the Lord and even consulted a medium for guidance. And he did not inquire of the Lord. So the Lord put him to death, and he turned the kingdom over to David, the son of Jesse. And so, friends, sadly, this ends the life of King Saul, who started so wonderfully when Samuel spotted him, and he was uh, more physically intimidating, larger, taller than any of the men of Israel. He began as a fairly humble man, and he became increasingly estranged from the Lord. And then at this point, at his death, he was very much estranged from the Lord. You recall having um, visited the Witch of Endor and so forth. He was really floundering in the latter part of his life. And I don't know about you, but I want to be stronger in the Lord as I grow older. I want the days before me to be better than the days behind me. And in the case of Saul, his life was a progressive slide in the wrong direction. Rather than spiritually growing onward and upward, he spiritually deteriorated over the period of his, his uh, rule and reign in Israel. And so this chapter recounts Saul's last battle. Saul and his sons, including the best friend of David, Jonathan, died. In verse 1 we read, Now the Philistines fought against Israel. The Israelites fled before them, and many fell dead on Mount Gilboa. The Philistines were in hot pursuit of Saul and his sons, and they killed his sons, Jonathan, Abinadab, and Malkishua. And so this expression, the Philistines were in hot pursuit of Saul. 
in that day as in this day. They recognized that if you go after the commanders, the army will be in confusion. So they were looking for Saul, and they were looking for Jonathan, who was a noteworthy uh, warrior and military man in, in his own right, as well as the other sons of Benadab and Malkishua. They said, if we cut off the head, the body will die. The body will be in confusion. And so that was their strategy. In verse 3, the fighting grew fierce around Saul, and when the archers overtook him, they wounded him. So he was, he was stuck through with a, an arrow from um, the Philistine archers. And Saul said to his armor bearer, draw your sword and run me through, or these uncircumcised fellows will come and abuse me. So this must have been a mortal wound. It wasn't stuck in his arm or his hand or something. This was a mortal wound, but he wasn't going to die immediately. And so he was afraid the Philistines would capture him and torture him and uh, do unspeakable things to him while he was still alive. And so he told his armor bearer to go ahead and finish him off, draw, draw your sword and run me through, so that these uncircumcised uh, Philistines will not come and abuse me. They won't do wicked things to me while I'm still alive. But his armor bearer um, was afraid because Saul was the Lord's anointed, and so he wouldn't, wouldn't finish Saul off. And therefore, Saul fell on his own sword. Now, to my ears, and perhaps to yours, this seems like uh, Saul was committing suicide, which is itself not a good thing. But another way of looking at it, this was a matter of national pride. He was the king of Israel. He did not want the king of Israel to fall into the hands of Israel's enemies and uh, for them to be able to to do um, uh, unspeakably evil things uh, to him as the representative of Israel. And so rather than submit to that, he took his own life. He fell on his sword and took his own life. I won't say it was virtuous, but that was the explanation. So when the armor bearer saw that Saul was dead, he too fell on his sword and died. Maybe he he felt that he had let Saul down. We don't know. It's not explained. But the next day, the Philistines came to uh, strip the bodies in the battlefield, and they found Saul and his sons fallen on Mount Gilboa. So they didn't realize in real time uh, that Saul had died. They stripped him, and they took his head, and this was a battle trophy in, um, in ancient times. To take an enemy's head was uh, just like a hunter in the U.S. or a hunter somewhere in the world taking the head of an animal and mounting it on their wall. They would take the head of vanquished human enemies. And so they took Saul's head, and they sent messengers throughout the lands of the Philistines proclaiming the news that Saul was dead. And it, it mentions the fact that they put the armor of Saul in the temple of their gods, and they hung up his head in the temple of Dagon. And so this was a tribute to the false gods, uh, both the armor in the various temples and then putting his head in the temple of Dagon. And some Israelites heard that uh, his body had been taken, his head had been cut off, and his armor was put up. So the men of Jabesh-Gilead said among themselves, hey, we've got to recover these remains. So verse 11 When all the inhabitants of Jabesh-Gilead heard what the Philistines had done to Saul, all of their valiant men went and took the bodies of Saul and his sons and brought them to Jabesh. Then they buried their bones under the great tree in Jabesh, and they fasted seven days. Friends, for this act of kindness, David would later commend uh, these same citizens of Jabesh-Gilead. This was a, a noble thing to do to go and recover Saul. But the chapter ends with a very sad uh, epitaph on Saul. It actually gives us the reasons that King Saul died and the kingdom was taken away from him and given to David. 
So we read in verse 13 and 14, Saul died because he was unfaithful to the Lord. That's first. He did not keep the word of the Lord. That's second. And he even consulted a medium or witch for guidance. And he did not inquire of the Lord. So the Lord put him to death and turned the kingdom over to David, the son of Jesse. And so let's look at this from the life of Saul, and let's look at our own lives. First, it says Saul was unfaithful to the Lord. And so, friends, we all are unfaithful to the Lord from time to time. But Saul was unrepentant. We need to repent whenever we're unfaithful to the Lord. Perhaps you today are listening and you've been unfaithful to the Lord in something. Don't be like Saul and go down to the grave carrying your sins. Repent and uh, turn back to the Lord. Be faithful to the Lord with what you know to be true. The second thing we read about Saul was he didn't keep the word of the Lord. Friends, I commend you today for listening. You're listening to the word of God. You're wanting to apprehend the word of God for yourself. But not only must you listen, you must obey. To keep the Word of God means to obey what you hear. It's not a matter of listening to it and say, oh, that's, that's what God thinks, but I think something different. No, you need to come into agreement with the Word of God. To keep the Word of God is to come into agreement with the Word of God. And Saul didn't do that. I want to encourage you to do that. I want you to be a person, a man or a woman that agrees with the Word of God in your actions, not just your thoughts, but your actions. Third, Saul consulted a medium for guidance. Now, this was a a tremendous sin because the Lord had warned Israel, don't go to witches, don't go to warlocks, don't go to soothsayers, don't go to mediums. Why? Because they are consulting other spirits. And so Saul was trying to draw information from another spirit other than the Holy Spirit. He deliberately went to uh, this woman we call the Witch of Endor, Uh, who was a medium, and asked her for guidance rather than a prophet of the Lord. And um, uh, this was a tremendous offense. Friends, even reading a horoscope is an offense to the Lord. The horoscope is not based on the Bible. It's consulting sources, spiritual sources, outside of the sources given to us within the scriptures. And so to consult a witch, consult a a wizard, a Ouija board, a horoscope, all these things are forbidden for believers. And Saul didn't care. He consulted the wrong sources for guidance, and we must be different. Finally, it says that Saul didn't inquire of the Lord for guidance. Not only did he go to the wrong source for guidance, he didn't bother to ask the Lord for guidance. And so friends, today, I want to encourage you to ask the Lord for guidance. I would encourage us continually to ask the Lord for guidance. Now, let me pray into these four things. Lord, I pray that we would be faithful to the Lord, not unfaithful. Lord, I pray that we would keep the Word of God and obey it, not just hear it. Lord, I pray that we would never consult occult or wicked sources for guidance. And Lord, finally, I pray that we would inquire from you and inquire of you for our guidance in everything that you, Lord, would indeed give us our daily bread, that you indeed would lead us in the way we should go. Help us now, in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Whole Word. It was brought to you by Whole Word Fellowship and the Northern Virginia House of Prayer. If you were encouraged, please share our podcast with your friends. We'd also appreciate it if you'd hit subscribe in your favorite podcast app and take a few moments to write a review. 
If you'd like more information on our church and our ministry, you can go to wholeword.net or wholewordpodcast.com for more information. Thank you again, and may the Lord Jesus bless you today and always.